so funny running into you. It has to be three years since we last seen each other. Many flashbacks come to mind of the wild and crazy times we used to have with one another. We absolutely didn't care. We would do it anywhere. Eye contact and it was over. Hmm, but that's when I was wild and now I couldn't care less about someone getting hurt. I done my share of dirt. But I'm wise up. See, you reminds <laughs> me of all the nights we used to be in love. I would do it again, yeah, but, but I can't. Yes. Because everything, everything is, is different, different now. now. <laughs> and I really need to settle down. Yes. I and became a one-woman man. Oh, Dave. Hollister. Oh, Dave. <laughs> I said, Kia's going to appreciate this Ooh. intro song today. She's going to appreciate this one today. I think so. Yes. But there the were many others after you. <laughs> Quite a few one night stands. Night stands. Oh, Dave Hollister. Anybody rode past the house and checked on Dave Hollister? He doing all right. Yeah, where is he? Oh, where is Dave? Somebody Hollister? right around there and make Let's sure that see. Dave is doing all right. Where is Dave? Not Dave Hollister. He says, see, you reminds me of all the nights I used to beat it up. <laughs> 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 and then the nigga said we like, I would do it again but I can't <laughs> <laughs> that's the part I think we missed out on <laughs> woo Dave Dave got saved he's presently active he got saved I know he found the lord uh, yeah, oh wait a minute oh that's 2008 yeah you're right yeah. Oh, he has an Instagram. Let's see Go what he's ahead, doing. Dave. He's got a new single coming. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, he Long said oh, his last post gone. was November last year. And he said, Don't days. be a they sayer, not a naysayer. When I write the streets trying to get laid. And now <laughs> see now that I found the love of my life. I don't have to trick no more. <laughs> what are these lyrics? <laughs> I would do it again, but I can't. <laughs> <laughs> See, Woo! I gotta go home to my baby. Oh, man. <laughs> Praise the Lord, niggas. Thank y'all for indulging us in, into this walk down memory lane. Dave Hollister, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Deacon Back Dave Hollister. Back down memory lane. How, How are you, you doing? doing? Oh, I'm doing okay, girl. Praise the Lord. I am well. I have no complaints. I am safe and i have what i need i'm also tired that. those two things can be true at one time let me tell you something i was so tired of school today i was he was doing the lecture part before we got into the cooking and nigga i was trying to hold my eyes open with my fingers it was so ridiculous i said i can't do that and i was hungry which is a really bad combination to be hungry and sleepy yes it was just it's been a day and then <sighs> 
I found out I shrunk. So I saw your post of it. I saw your tweet talk, and you were you were asking if people who had given birth had shrunk. What are you asking, yeah. Jay? What are you talking about? Well, okay. So I was sitting here with Crystal Jean, mm-hmm. and um, you know we were debating height, <laughs> as you uh, always do. The two I of you often do do that. Have often that because she likes to call me short, and I'm like, I'm not short. I'm okay. average. Okay. I'm five five. Okay. So you know, been 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 t- had my measurements taken by the doctor. All that five five. It was on. All of my documentation, all this and that. She's like, you're five four at best, sister. I'm like, okay, all right. <laughs> no, I'm not. But okay. So we got a tape measure. Oh my. And we measured me. 64 and inches. I'm five four now. I'm 64 inches. Which is still average. Is it? House. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Okay. It's average. Um, but I was like, but I didn't used to be 64 inches. Okay. I used to be 65 inches. So this is something that you distinctly remember. Oh, yes. No, yes. And she was like, when's the last time you had your height taken at the doctor? I said, when I was pregnant. So she goes, well, maybe you shrunk since you gave birth. So that led me to being like Hmm. heifers who have given birth. (laughs) Well, what did the people say? Have you? Well, the majority of them said no. They said, I have, yeah, I grew in width. My feet grew, my nose. <laughs> a lot of people said <laughs> that their feet grew. And did yeah, not, you know. People, you know, I've, I've heard that. My mama said she gained a shoe size with, with her pregnancy. My mother gained a shoe size with both me and my sister. I think my feet grew. I don't even think they grew a half a size. They grew a little bit. Well, you were not one like, of those people. You were not one of those people who were who took your shoes off immediately as a pregnant person. Did you do no, have a lot of uh-uh. barefoot? You, I don't, I don't remember you being barefoot and pregnant a whole, a whole bunch during no, your pregnancy. No, no. I think I wore a lot of sneakers. This is what I'm saying. Like you were, so my mom, I don't know if this is just a, if this is just like one of those, you know, black women adages, but my mom tells pregnant women all the time. Don't, Take your shoes off, even if they hurt. <laughs> just keep your shoes on, because you take your shoes off, the feet just get fat and swollen, and they never come back down. Well, that sounds like a that sounds like a black superstition, but I don't know. She swears, <laughs> she swears that if she would have kept her shoes on during her pregnancy, she would have been she still have been a size eight. I don't know. <laughs> and I'm just like, all right, girl. Well, I don't know how feet, I don't know if that's how well, feet work. Miss Rhonda, you don't need to be no size eight anyway because you're too tall for that. She, my mom has a, well, at one point when she, she had a, she swears that she had a smaller foot. And I'm just like, well, girl, I, I don't know how, but my that's not my business. Too, I, I was wasn't like, well, there. I've never known that life. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, I've never I wasn't known there. you with a smaller one. So <laughs> not, that's not my business. I was not there, girl. So and Noah's going to have bigger feet than me anyway, because she's going to be much taller. than I me. think. Yeah. Noah's definitely going to be a tall. Noah's tall now. Yeah. Yeah. She's tall. She's tall and she's long. So she's going to be. And, and Tristan, the women like they're tall women in Tristan's family. Tristan's sister's like 5'11". Exactly. So his mom's not tall, but you know, I, his uncles were tall. I think Noah got all of that because she's, yeah, yeah. she's built and long, just like the she's only got thing long she got fingers. was my eyes and my butt. Mm-hmm. She got long fingers mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. So She don't even have my toes, which is really 
it's weird how like you look at your kid and like some of them have your feet like my niece has my sister's feet but noah don't have my she got her daddy's feet like through and through it's so crazy to see that kind of stuff it's really weird how how those things sort of come out because i don't feel like i look like my mother but i have her mannerisms i can see that I can see that, which then I think you have certain features like your mother, or maybe they are mannerisms that then translate. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, you look just like Rhonda when you do that. Mm -hmm. Because I've seen you all where you all have looked, but I also, I you do look like. Yes, there are times when I like see myself. I remember one time, this was long ago when I was working on campus. I might have been at Columbia this time, but the building in the school of engineering where I used to work had like a whole glass front, like this side mm-hmm. door. And I would see myself walking toward that door and be like, God, when did my mama come here? <laughs> like, like <laughs> just because I walk like her, like how I walk like her, mm-hmm. like we have the same sort of stride and like, mm-hmm. you know, just... are you built like her? Um, I, or she's a little, no, she's a little slimmer. She is. No, I would say that she is, my my mom's like, family is not as there. So my mom's people are hippie. And my okay. dad people got big butts. So I just happen okay. to have both. You got both. <laughs> um, got it. Um, so like, but like you know, I I think my 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 uh, my mom they're slim but shapely. So like my my okay. aunts and my mom and my aunts they are taller people, but they and they have shapes, mm-hmm. but they're naturally more slender. My dad, oh, the women, thick. Yes, so the women on my dad's side are more thick. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. and so I so, have so, like so, the so, shape so. from my mom's side, but I'm like thick. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and I think I take after my dad's side. So I, I am, I am. My mom used to say like from the waist up, I was her. From the waist down, I was mm-hmm. my daddy. But I think now that I'm getting older and sort of really standing squarely in my auntie body right now, I feel like I, this is where things are shaking out. <laughs> I, yeah, I do feel same. Like, I do feel like, you know, these things. I kinda... like to tighten up a couple things, <laughs> but um, I'm not really like super, you know, pressed. I just, yeah. Just want to maintain, I guess. I get, yeah, I get to a place. I feel like I'm at the place now where this is pretty much what it's gonna be. And if yeah, if I can just sort of hold at right here, yeah, I'll be okay. I'm not too stressed about it. I'm like, I ain't never gonna be Angela Bassett, nigga. I eat cheese. Well, yeah, and I just feel like meat, Facebook, and all the other Instagram memories have been showing lots of pictures from like you know 2011, 2012, even like 2017. And I'm like, wow, I used to be slim. I used to be very much very a slimmer person. And you were slim when I met you. You were like very, but I still, I would not call you not slim now. I just think you have hips and ass. Like I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call you like a big lady. Yes, I'm not. I think I'm accepting that because you know, I, you know, I have body stuff issues, and I, you know, I just mm. always felt like a bigger person because I'm not right. You know, but like I'm tiny. looking at you right now. I'm like, if I would have never like looking at you right here, if I didn't know you, I'd be like, this old slimmy slim. <laughs> She's a slimmy slim. <laughs> and then kids stand up, and you'd be like, yeah. <laughs> no, no. Anyway, well, let's move on. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's go to the trash. <laughs> yes, let's go on into the trash, shall we? Because <laughs> uh, I don't really know what's happening here. 
couple things going on we're not going to keep it super long today but we got you know there's a couple sad sad occurrences in the in the news recently you all already know especially if you are a long time member of the getting grown community and or came in and binged (laughs) because some of y'all do that and i feel like and i know especially Um, when we're on break I, I looked at our numbers yes. when we were on break. I'm like, the girls was listening. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, look at y'all listening to old shit. That's y'all better so catch up. But if you've been a member or have caught up, then you already know how we feel about Andre Leon Talley. Oh! Yes. And we lost Andre Leon Talley. He transitioned on um, a few days ago. And it was a sad, it was a sad day. It was a sad day for the fashion community. It was a sad yeah. day for the black community. It was a sad, it was just a sad day. We Didn't love it. No, we have I mean, talked about Andre Leon Talley on this show several times. Oh, yes. I've talked, me and XD talk about him. Me and you talk about him. Yes. You and your French onion soup. French onion soup. As a matter soup. of fact, be brilliant. I have to, I have to make French onion soup. You have to make it in your first module. Oh, um, really? Of culinary school, and so the day my teacher came in with making French onion soup, I was like, "Oh, Andre Leon Talley!" <laughs> <laughs> and then a couple weeks later, he I passed know Andre Leon Talley. He used to be in City Limits Diner in White Plains, honey, tearing that French onion soup <laughs> up every day. French onion soup in the newspaper. He would be sitting there with them sunglasses on, like, "Good afternoon, ladies." Well, well, I think I'm going to put a French onion soup on whatever place I, I, I open. And we're going to call it the Andre Leon Talley. Oh, of course. That's what we got to call it. So, and it's done. And it's done. He was a Southern man, what, from North Carolina? I think so. Originally. Yes. Um, you know, and then lived in New York for, for quite some time. Mm-hmm. We know he worked long, 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 long time for Vogue. Creative director. Um, all kinds creative of... Creative director. Yes. Alongside Anna Wintour. Mm-hmm. And was well-respected in all of his lavish blankets oh. um, with what XD calls his transatlantic accent. <laughs> <laughs> Dolly! And I love every bit of it. Me Dolly! Too. Yes. Dolly, Have you Dolly. tried the Virginia soup? <laughs> like i never met a nigga from north carolina talk like this i but love yeah. it i mean i just <laughs> I love it. i love the drama i love like yes. Andre leon talley used to say words like splendid okay yeah <laughs> yeah and i just feel like what what big six he was foot... like it indubitably nigga like... listen i mean like i mean imagine this big black man at like six six yeah, with a comforter and loafers. I mean, on. wearing the most luxurious of silk comforters. Yeah, and saying, yep. "Oh, darling, that's just splendid. <laughs> this is yes. just splendid. Is that a pashmina? Where'd you get that pashmina? That's a pashmina. Well, uh, like you can just. I love just, seeing splendid. him stand for Rihanna at the Met. At the Met when she had that, uh, she was like, "Oh, he was like, just more train, more train. Give me more train. <laughs> <laughs> I just want more and more and more of the train." <laughs> Yes. It's like I just want to be this excited about other everything in my life. Yes. I want to oh. be I I aspire to be Andre Leon Talley in my life. I aspire as well. I aspire as well. Uh lots of things. It was cool to sort of see everyone remember him on social media, all the awesome yeah. tributes. Um yes. uh, uh, one of the things um that came across my timeline was when he was a guest judge on America's Next Top Model. 
And oh, yes, honey. Tyra was being, especially being a mean girl to one of the other, like, uh, you know, black girl contestants who posed She's a monster. nude um, and mm-hmm. or or something like she was she didn't have a bottom on but she was like her you know her back was to the and all like Nigel Barker and and Tyra Banks were laughing in this girl's face and she started like weeping right there and uh, Andre was like I think this picture is magnificent he said I I would hang it in my salon not not he was like not in my bedroom darling he said in my salon he said not in my bedroom darling in my salon you have to have a salon he said i would absolutely hang this magnificent picture in my salon and that's what you talk about that's what you talk about these kinds of things in your salon you don't talk about this in your bedroom and i was like you know what i loved it because the way he sort of got them together like this girl was literally yes. having a, a breakdown because Tyra Banks was laughing in her face. And even if he didn't like the picture as much, I believe he did like it. But even if he didn't like the picture as much, he just mm-hmm. gave it so much life that they couldn't send her home. He saved her. And it was Good. almost like he was telling Tyra Banks, like, you hoes could never. Are you kidding? Get it, Darling, I would never dress you. Never, ever in my he was life. Like, oh, he was like, I, I think this is amazing. She's a monster. Tyra, I, I told I told XD she needs to pay reparations. I didn't for, like it. Her sitting nah, up on this. She's a, she's a monster. She sat up on that panel with that white man and that white woman and laughed in this black girl's face. And it was Every Andre. time. It was Andre Leon Telly that was like, you are crazy. This is the best thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and I was like, thank you. Thank you, Andre. Tyra's out of her black ass mind. I was mind, like, girl, first of it. all, as many times as we have been accosted with your big five head all over everywhere, okay, don't nobody want to, uh-uh, don't do that. And your fucking smize and how you make everything about you. That's why everybody cheers and hoorahs every time you get shot in higher learning. Because <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Best I part forgot all about that. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I no, was, let me stop. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just yes. playing. Yes. <laughs> in that moment, I was very ashamed of Tyra Banks, but very grateful for Andre. And I just love that he said Tally. that he said salon. So I have to find ways to incorporate the <laughs> salon into my lexicon. Salon. Oh, well, darling, that's the kind of picture that you don't hang in your bedroom. You, hang you know, in your salon, absolutely. Darling, in when salon. I'm done with school and I get to start getting my nails done again, I'm going to be like, oh, I'm headed straight to the salon to get my nails done. Yes. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to start calling my bedroom the salon. Straight into the salon, please. The salon. Andre oh, my makeup Leon. room will be my salon. This is my salon. Your salon. This, this is, is where salon. I do my makeup in my salon. I do yes. my makeup in my and salon. You need to find that motherfucking picture on the internet. I print do. it out and put it in there. And I will just put it up on the wall in my salon. <laughs> we got to have a salon. <laughs> salon. Welcome to my salon, darling. Please come in. Rest in peace, Andre oh, Leon we'll Sally. Rest in peace, honey. You will be gone. Yes. You will never be forgotten. Your memory will live on with us for, for many, 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 many moons to come. Also, absolutely. we would be absolutely remiss in not sending our prayers and condolences to Regina King. Oh, um, that was next. Yes. Her family in the loss of, of her only son. Her uh, only son, 26 years old. It is just very, very sad. Um, but, but the truth is that, you know, so you don't really know what people are going through. People are out here hurting um, and yeah. so, you know, it's, it's a good lesson for me to, to be mindful of how you engage people. You don't know what people are dealing with, what they're going through. Um, but Absolutely. yeah, it's just such a heavy time. I feel like this is recently we've, I've been feeling lots of grief in the air. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's the heaviness. Yeah. And so just absolutely holding holding everybody in, in our thoughts and prayers and just do what you need to do to take care of yourself. Um, I've been even getting lots of questions on my social media folks sort of like feeling this. And I will say that like it's bad and sometimes it's just heavy. But mm-hmm. like we were saying earlier, sometimes it's just a matter of uh, sort of sitting in it, not yep. trying to rush and through just- it. Not trying to rush through it and just acknowledging. We talked a little bit about this on the Patreon in our Mm -hmm. pre-show, but just kind of acknowledging that you're not feeling okay right now. And sometimes it's just about that and not trying to proceed any further and do anything with that. Just acknowledging that that's how you feel. Yeah. So we know that a lot of people are battling right now. And so we absolutely want to send love to Regina King, but... Um, we want to send a rest in peace to Ian Alexander Jr. because mm-hmm. uh, it's such a such a sad loss. Very much. And so. also, um, uh, Thierry Mugler oh, passed yes. away. Yeah, today as well. Yeah, today. he was the same age as as uh, as uh, Andre Leon Talley, mm-hmm. seventy three. So a lot of people are transitioning yeah. on, and it's just such a it's an interesting time. It's just an interesting time, but we do want to send love. Um, to all of those loved ones and our condolences to all of those loved ones who are dealing with with uh, grief right now. For sure. Um, in very bizarre news. Oh, Lordy. Did you see that quote-unquote pastor and his wife in Georgia? I saw the headline, but really was just oh. like, I'm not going to do this. <laughs> I literally oh. saw it and was just like, I don't even know that I have the capacity to read this any further and i'm just gonna let these niggas set up a bunker what it is i'm gonna they let set up a bunker they so they eight differently abled mentally and physically people were found yeah. in this home with the i think the basement door like padlocked or something like that where they couldn't really get out very easily and they'd had these people up in this house um and they've been charged so they had it under the guise of a church yeah it was a house they were leasing and they were they were uh they were doing everything under the guise of a church Mm -hmm. but they held all these people they were responsible so they had all these people they were in charge of all their finances so they had all the money that was coming in for these people they were in charge of giving them their medications in which they were not doing oh dear with a lot of them and holding them in the basement. It's very sad. And you know what? I will say this, and I don't have a lot of information, but I will say this, that y'all, I don't know. I just feel like people who lie on the Lord are going to have to deal with a certain kind of consequence. Like, and I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I feel like if y'all not scared, you ought to be. (laughs) Like, You ought to be afraid of all of these things that and i'm not just talking i mean everyone i'm talking about the white nationalists i'm talking about all the people who are be out Mm -hmm. here doing evil and and doing it under the guise of i don't even church religion not even just christianity but any sort of spiritual i just don't understand i just there's certain things that i was just raised that you don't play around with yeah 
And also, I was raised like you don't kidnap people, and so well, yes, you know, that, absolutely. <laughs> and that, I don't. I, I hope just that feel I, like there's a special that. place That's in hell. Oh yes. no, 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 no! I, I wasn't. Not, I was not. <laughs> yes, don't think for a moment that I was excusing any of this foolishness. But I, oh no, not. Uh-uh. I, I was just. I wouldn't even saying, do this show with you. Yeah, but I was just saying, like, wow. Especially, I was more. I guess I'm taking it back. If someone would do something like this, and then under the name of a church. It's really just like, wow, 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 wow. It's an extra level of, oh, my God, you're never going to see it's heaven. It's scary. It's like, you. I don't play around. I don't play these kinds of games. I just don't understand the evil that some people have in their hearts where they, to the point where they can. Why would you, A, why would you kidnap anybody? B, why would you kidnap people who can't speak for themselves, do for themselves, take their medication away what like what kind of evil resides down to your fucking toenails, i don't want to know i don't want to understand bitch. it i feel like no i don't want to understand it's a good it but i'm thing like that we don't understand it because no, we are not right. built these ways and all we can do I, I will say that i'm if you know if i'm glad that these sort of evil things are coming to light and i'm hopeful that the the victims can yes. um you know find safe places and safe people to sort of start yes. healing from this very traumatic experience. Absolutely. 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 That's all I can um, say. Lastly, my, my last my last bit of trash, I don't know if you had anything you wanted to add, is, oh, the trash is not very pleasant today. Oh, um, so the Florida, Florida House Committee oh, goodness. is passing the Don't Say Gay bill, which is essentially... Um, seeking to ban discussions about sexuality and identity in schools. Um, and I just think that is absolutely atrocious so and disgusting. So all, all sexuality? Oh, now you already know it's Florida and you know, it's the United States government. So, you know, it's, so it's not going that that's not going to be a target to speaking on heterosexuality because of course, for years, you all have held these, um, what would uh, home ec and what's this, the, what are them classes called where you get the fake baby and shit like that? Remember fake back? Baby. Remember, oh, uh, home remember ec? where you get the, is it, was that home ec? I don't that wasn't home ec, was it? Baby. But you know what I'm talking about. We didn't like get basically, those. you know, where they teach about sex and they teach about sex education. Sex, sex ed, thank you. <laughs> you know? So, you know, you didn't have no problem talking about sex ed as long as it pertained to a cis uh cisgendered heterosexual man and woman relationship. With, but as soon as, as people start having discussions that you're uncomfortable with and you need to figure out why you're uncomfortable with that, you hateful ass bitch, mm -hmm. then you want to ban that conversation in school. And that's not right. Because if you all can have <coughs> sex ed from the beginning of time in schools, why all of a sudden are our children who are now understanding their identities in different ways and we're now having a way more open minds about what's going on in this world because it is not a black and white place. You all, all of a sudden don't want to talk about it and you want to ban it. You're not allowed to talk about it. So that means that it's not happening. Right. Because you don't want to talk about it. I think it's just, it's not lost on me how um, certain tactics are used to sort of push certain mm -hmm. agendas. Right. And so absolutely. Um, <clears throat> what I think we all should be cautious of is this, uh, 
I don't. I think we should be concerned when we get to a place where we can't have conversations about things. We even if we dif- disagree or don't understand. I am not of the position. There are many things that go on in the world that I don't agree with or that I don't understand, but I don't feel like it is my place or my responsibility to shut down certain conversations, especially your entitlement. Right. I just, I don't feel like, I feel like we, we are, it says a lot about who is in control or how we even think about and conceptualize power when instead of, creating containers where productive conversation can be had and we can all get understanding about difference Mm -hmm. instead Mm -hmm. of that being the, the goal, the aim it's about sort of putting these muzzles and shutting down. We are all grown people. And I just feel like what in the world is happening when we can't even talk about certain things. That is a certain level of control that we all should be leery of. Um, and I don't ever want to get to a place where that kind of sort of silencing, uh, is, is, you know, acceptable. Okay. And how do we out of our, out of one mouth, how does this country out of one mouth say that it is all about freedom, individual Mm -hmm. rights and liberties and, and. You know, that's, you know, we say that out as of long as mouth. you're not gay. Right. Black, and out of the very native, same mouth, you're saying you're not allowed to talk Mexican. about critical race theory. You're not about now. We're not allowed to talk about sex. What, what I mean, at what point, at what point is it like, there's many things that go on that I don't understand. I don't get, I need to learn more about. I'm ignorant of, uh, mm-hmm. I, and conversations that I, you know, I, I just don't feel like it's my place to say, Oh, well, nobody talks about it. <laughs> what the heck yeah as if it doesn't exist exactly does not it's like like, it's like an erasure and i think that that yeah that's what concerns me the most it's like listen i don't agree i don't there's lots of things that go on in this world that i don't know about and i'm and i'm okay with that that's not a threat to me what what does it say about us our society when when we are trying to eliminate and erase certain words certain conversations when do we get the, to that place and how is that productive and how does that represent our values as a country or anything else? I just think all of this stuff is dumb. It irritates me. It is. It is. And it's hateful. It's all underlying in hate and control because you all don't even know why you feel the way that you do. You're just mm. hateful and you want to have control of things. And that's literally since the beginning of time, hateful. which is how we got into this shit in the first fucking place because you're hateful and you want control. Hmm. But, you know, it goes right along with our very small penis discussion that we had um, in our pre-show or maybe the top of this. I can't remember. We talked about dicks, but (laughs) 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 we had a full discussion about dick. Um, But let's get to a shout out. uh, And then we have a guest at the kitchen table talk. So let's head on over there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My sister's popping. Right now, like. we are back, and of course, we're gonna shout out my cousin. Not in real life, but you know, everybody whose last name is Robinson that's doing amazing things. I claim them as a relative of mine. Y'all know that about Absolutely. me. And so this day, this week at the kitchen table, we are shouting out my cousin, the legendary choreographer Fatima Robinson. This is the yes. same Fatima who you many of you may recognize her. This is the girl who's dancing in the living single uh theme music. Yes. I mean, a legend. 
She's the Fatima Robinson that choreographed Aaliyah's Rock the Boat. She's done all mm-hmm. kinds of wonderful things throughout her 15-year career. Um, the biggest, uh, you know, and one of the most recent things, I guess we could say, is that she is the choreographer for the halftime show, the Pepsi halftime show for this year's Super Bowl. Um, the Super Bowl yes. uh, halftime show lineup. The trailer was released this past week. Mm-hmm. It will feature uh, Mother Mary J. Blige, uh, oh, Queen! <laughs> Snoop Dogg, Kendrick Lamar, Eminem, and Dr. Dre. Um, but we're shouting out uh, Fatima because she's hired 115 yes. dancers to perform at the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl, amongst other large events like this in the past, has a history and a legacy of not paying dancers and performers uh, mm. to contribute to the to the project. Um, so, so Fatima's, you know, she posted on her Instagram today. I'm so happy to be hiring 115 paid dancers for the Super Bowl this year. That's the Pay. most, that's the most ever hired. She's talked about how she started out yes. dancing for free. And then as an extra on the movie boys in the hood and have worked with these incredible artists individually throughout my career, this Super Bowl halftime show is about to be amazing. Um, another dancer activist, Taja Riley, who is the daughter of Teddy Riley, who's also yes, danced along yes. the life of Beyonce, Janet Jackson, and Nicki Minaj. She's also mm-hmm. been, uh, you know, sort of ringing the alarm on on this issue of unpaid or dancers not being paid for their work. And so um, mm-hmm. a request was sent out to the dance community asking for predominantly African-American movers to quote unquote volunteer to perform for halftime. Um, and so that, that particular call went viral. And as Mm -hmm. a result, we have, you know, you know, advocates like, like, uh, Taja Riley and Fatima Robinson making sure that these dancers are properly and appropriately compensated for their time and for their talent. And we love to see it. And do. Mm -mm. And we love to see a black woman, like a black woman had it. I I don't really care. But that's still a big deal. You know what I'm saying? So shout out to Fadima. Keep your head up. What? Keep your head up. That's right. That's my cousin, girl. Uh, All right. That's right. It is to Fatima (laughs) and Takia. Okay. (laughs) How you doing? How you doing? But we actually have a kitchen table talk with the guests. Yes. Look at it. It's a year of guests. Already. So let's head on over that direction. Let's do it. Isn't it so wild that finding a doctor is such a painful process? The iron in those knees. Searching through hundreds of doctors and rearranging your schedule for places that don't even take your insurance. If only you could choose your doctors based on trusted reviews. Hmm. Well, with ZocDoc, you can. ZocDoc makes healthcare easy. Whether you're looking for a primary care physician, dentist, dermatologist, psychiatrist, eye doctor, or other specialists. Discover doctors in your area through verified patient reviews. And with ZocDoc's easy online booking, you'll never have to wait on hold with a receptionist again. Just download the free ZocDoc app, the easiest way to find a great doctor and instantly book an appointment. Let me tell you all something. I use ZocDoc (laughs) because nothing is worse then going through an entire directory trying to figure out, oh, well, what is this doctor? Well, who are they? Well, what are they? When I can look for specific doctors with reviews that tell me exactly what to look out for. 
I don't like going here because I have to wait for two and a half hours or this doctor is absolutely amazing because they call me back with my results and my wait time is all of eight minutes and they don't stack appointments. So I find ZocDoc to be very helpful. That's how I found my dermatologist who I'm actually doing uh, monthly treatment with right now. I found my dentist through ZocDoc. I found my OBGYN through ZocDoc. I mean, it's actually a very beneficial place. Now is the time to prioritize your health. Go to ZocDoc.com slash grown and download the ZocDoc app to sign up for free and book a top rated doctor. Many are available as soon as today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash grown. Yay. Welcome back, everybody. We're back at the kitchen table and we're excited because I think I'm pretty sure that Sonia may have been our very first getting grown guests way back in the day before we had FaceTime or Zoom and we couldn't even see each other, but we were just talking Mm -hmm. using um, one of our old recording platforms. And we are excited to have the student loan doctor, Sonia Lewis, back with us at Getting Grown at the kitchen table. So everybody, welcome Sonia back. Welcome back. I'm so excited. I really am. This is the growth for me, Che. I got to take I'm not going to lie. The first time you came, Rakia was like, we're going to have, we're going to have a lady, student loan doctor. I said, okay, cool. I was like, that'll be for, you know, you and the girls. Since you've been here, I've acquired my own student loan. So, (laughs) welcome. Welcome. Not this face of full disappointment. (laughs) Yes. You didn't learn from the episode. She didn't listen. I didn't. I didn't didn't learn at all, actually. So, that's why we had to have you back. Because you got to come talk to hard-headed niggas like myself and everybody else. That's so hilarious. Yes. I know. I know. Sonia started, uh, how long ago have you started? You've been working as oh, yeah. not only the first woman-owned, African-American-owned student loan repayment company mm-hmm. ever in the whole wide world. Tell the people yeah. how you got started. What's going on with you? So 2016, <laughs> so we're coming up on six years. It mm-hmm. just sounds so old out loud because, you know, I'm, I look 18. You Period. know, and I want to stick with yes. it. But it, it got started um, because I was helping people after church with their student loan debt and their questions and then um i you would find me at cozy or corner bakery on the weekends helping people and then it really to be quite honest it just kind of took off nobody ever people don't believe me when i say this but no one ever missed their appointment at like cozy or corner bakery i just knew Mm -hmm. people would see me and i would be sitting there but they were there on time with their notebooks i was like Mm -hmm. no wait a minute we might be on to something yes Let's go back. The reason why it really kicked off is because I went through a financial literacy program um, because Mm -hmm. I was broke. Like, you know, my nickname was the overdraft queen. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, for me, it was it was really me helping me first. And because my professional background is in financial aid and literacy, um, I was able to explain student loan debt to other people and then Mm -hmm. be able to help them. So for me, it was like a ministry at first. But I was like, no, wait a minute, this might be something, you know. Yes. And the numbers, to be really honest with you, and the demand was outpacing me at work. So I was going to have to leave sooner than later anyway. Mm. Yeah. A path, so you, direction. I mean, a purpose, just coming okay. into, just stepping into purpose. And I think there, you, you, what you said, you hit on something like there's such a critical need. All of us have sort mm-hmm. of been thrown into this maze 
of how to pay for, you know, our education and how to invest, how we invest mm-hmm. in our in ourselves and our future. There's so much that we don't know. And we're just sort of, you know, feeling mm-hmm. our way through. It's not a lot of people who are out here that that are, you know, have our interests as consumers and students at, mm-hmm. at you know, at heart. And so mm-hmm. you sort of having this expertise is mm-hmm. clutch for so many reasons. And so we're just grateful to have you at the Absolutely. table. Um I know recently, I mean, just sort of with COVID and everything, right? Mm -hmm. Student loans have been Mm -hmm. on at the forefront of all of our minds as we sort of navigate this time of uncertainty, right? Um, And and we've kind of been up and down. Student loans are on pause, not on pause, supposed to come off pause. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're supposed Supposed to to be eradicated, not eradicated. Yes, talks of, of forgiveness, and then, mm-hmm. you know, it seems like there's so much information out there. So um, just sort of generally speaking, what is the landscape? Where are we um, for folks who have uh, loans that are in repayment? What are some of the things that we need to know right now? Well, technically, we are still in an administrative forbearance um, per, you know, regulations and rules of COVID-19. It was supposed to have ended, you know, no, oh, let's say several times over. But Mm -hmm. every time there's a new variant um, Mm -hmm. and and the media production thereof, it's it's really impossible to say that you're going to resume student loan debt and people may be affected in terms of work. You know, Mm -hmm. when we hear the the variant is doing this and doing that and the numbers are going up, that affects people's livelihood. And so mm-hmm. the government is just really hard to tell people, but you, but we still need that payment though. Exactly. You know, so as a result, there's been an extension. And I think the administration is, is really at the, the end of the, the giving line of saying that there's going to continue to be a no payment, no interest mm-hmm. extension. So this may be the last one that ends as of May 1st. As of May first, twenty twenty two. For so that forbearance means that if you are in repayment, you have like a legal uh, pause. Possibility. Well, you can, you're able to pause, um, Mm -hmm. you know, in, in sort of your monthly payment or toward your, your actual, actual debt. Um, what's, what has been, is there like a, how do we use the pause? Like for those of us who Mm -hmm. need to completely stop, is it cool to stop? Um, I mean, sure, we have that leeway to stop, but is there any sort of uh, right way forward? How should we, is there a way to maximize on this pause time? Mm-hmm. I guess is what my well, question most is. Most people have been stopped um, over mm-hmm. a year and a half now. And so um, the challenge is if you, if you haven't stopped, you know, shout out to you, but most yes. people have. God bless your heart. I have. And <laughs> I've been, and I've been telling Heart's people, stopped. if you can continue to pay, you should pay because that payment goes directly to the principal. To your principal. And, and so no people's interest. credit scores should be going up because it's like a party, like a whole payment. You know, so <laughs> I'm excited for people and their scores are going up. I can tell who's paying because they've been sharing it, you know, with our platform. Mm-hmm. Um, but however, I also tell people this is the time because there's no payment required of you to maybe invest in yourself and your learning and, and, and your business and your side hustle, right? Because... Yeah. You know, we have a new mantra for 2022, and it kind of kicked off last year. I realized there was not going to be a payment anytime soon. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, well, now we're going to focus on getting some money. So Mm -hmm. my goal for my community is that by the time May 1st comes around, there's a new stream of income that is being implemented. And so if you go to my page, if it looks like really turned up on Instagram and it looks (laughs) like money is, is, is just, you know, 
I'm doing that on purpose because I want people to be thinking about how to bring in more money. I think it's very strange that while we have all this seated time, you know, now the world's kind of open up. But in the mm-hmm. pandemic, where you couldn't go nowhere, you know, those first couple of weeks, you may have experienced some confusion, some depression, like all of that was natural. And I know I had about a, I'm going to say about a two week window where I was like, what in the, you know, but mm-hmm. also I'm only child. So I kind of was okay. Anyway, I like the house, you know, <laughs> um, but as a business owner, I employed 10 people. I was nervous. Like when I heard that there would be no student loans. Um, payment in effect, I was like, no, wait a minute. I'm not laying off nobody. So I'm like, what can I teach the tribe? So we, as a community, um, really focused on getting our credit together, Mm -hmm. um, develop business credit, because you saw there wasn't a shortage of business credit or business support in the Mm -hmm. pandemic, right? And then um, I also talked to them about right now in this pandemic, you want to think about how to solve a need. And what we saw was a lot of companies, um, car companies in particular, sold off their... um, Rental cars, yeah. mm-hmm. like Avis, Hertz, Enterprise, for example. Yep. And so Toro is a personal rental car service you can provide for people. Yep. I teach my community on how to do that and do it well. Mm-hmm. And because your car is just sitting, you ain't going to wear the pandemic. But there are still mm-hmm. people that need to move around. But then there are no cars to move around. So by mm-hmm. you closing the gap, you know, our students are doing so good. Um, just in a few months, they made over twenty thousand dollars. So Toro is probably going to outpace a lot of my students' income, for example. So what I'm saying to you is like, yes, there was a pause in payment, but there should have been a, a, a an acceleration, if you will, yeah. of figuring out when repayment starts. How do I not have a student loan debt problem? People mm-hmm. do only have a problem with their student loan debt when the money is absent. But if you had an additional thousand, two thousand, five thousand coming in, and you attach that stream to that student loan payment, we wouldn't be talking about a student loan problem at that point. I have a question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, let's go back to the beginning now because you just shamed me at the top of this episode. So, <laughs> oh, no. for no, 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 it's fine. So, <laughs> for for a, a a lady of a particular age, such as myself, who has decided to continue their education. Mm-hmm. What route would you have recommended going before a student loan route? If you don't have, nineteen, so I'm like, what lady? Where? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fine. <laughs> so no, really, I'm like, is, is this for a caller? No, um, <laughs> no this is for your girl. <laughs> Come on, what caller. I would recommend yeah. for someone listening before they go back to school, particularly even grad school, this is where we see the most student loan debt show up. Sure. Um, I would say. You know, this is just going to be like a harsh. Like, can we be real on this podcast? Or do I got to be absolutely. like, absolutely? Yeah, like, no, absolutely. I can't remember rules. Space. Every podcast, there, if I'm like, no, do you want, you know, professional patty or, no, no, you know, no, no, no. we want, no, we need the raw and the real. I'm literally smoking in blood in front of you. Like, I don't know. Oh, you, I can tell. You, okay, um, good. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, girl, make yourself at home. We are yeah, at the yeah. kitchen table. <laughs> no professional no. patty. So here's what I would tell people that's listening that are probably in the same place. Like, you know what? I want to go back to school because another thing I've noticed is that people think when they have downtime or maybe they're feeling not too happy about where they're at and they want to do something different. They want more money. The first thing we're trained, particularly as black women, because we do are we are competing with our counterparts is to go back to school. Mm-hmm. I want to challenge that school of thought. And I'm saying it with someone who has a master's and a dissertation away from a doctoral degree. Girl, mm-hmm. you can have them degrees back because at the end of the day, unless you're going into a field that is tied directly to an extreme income bump, I would not go. 
A lot of times, the things that you are interested in and that you want to study, you can study for free at the library, YouTube University, podcast, teach yourself, right? And I know a a few men that are more so self-taught and are still able to get those same jobs as the person who acquired the degree. Mm -hmm. So I'll say to someone that's listening that doesn't have a lot of student loan debt or maybe thinking about going back, you know, is this something that you need to pay for school for? The other question is, who can pay for your school? Can we look Mm -hmm. at some grants or some fellowships? Or don't be above applying for a scholarship, particularly now because there are so there's so much money available that the higher education world received that they did not publish. Mm-hmm. Did you notice that a lot of schools and colleges did not close their doors? Anybody notice that? Absolutely. The number one industry that was really affected um, during this was higher education, which is a billion dollar industry. And then millions of dollars went to keep those schools and entities open. So there's so much money in some cases that there are scholarship surpluses, right? And then the other thing is, instead of thinking about what I can go back to school for to bring in more money, and et cetera, I want you to think about your natural skill sets and talents you already might be using at your nine to five. And how do you make them work for you? Mm-hmm. And really, that's how my business came about. I worked at a college helping adult learners understand financial aid. I took those mm-hmm. same principles, understood how to create systems, and I was meeting with people one-on-one. To scale it, I knew I needed a CRM, right, that manages your clients. I knew I needed a professional email. So all the things that I witnessed at work, so some of y'all don't realize that work is your best boot camp. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so they had me doing presentations at the college. I do presentations now. Mm-hmm. Had to do meetings. And, and so what I'm saying to you is sometimes we got to look at what we already are exposed to, but how can we make it something for ourselves? And and if we start thinking like that, particularly black women, if you listen, ladies, if you start thinking like that, you will be a force to reckon with because you sure. already nine times out of 10 at your job are the glue. Right. Oh, right. You already you're and, probably the, the smartest one there to be really honest, and it's mm-hmm. it's it's the ingenuity and the confidence that you need to have to be able to step out and create something on your own. So you know entrepreneurship isn't for everyone, mm-hmm. but what I do believe is for everyone is some extra money, and sometimes oh, yes. school doesn't have to be, you know, the method yes. for that. Absolutely. Yes. And I think there's also also lane for like taking that ingenuity that those negotiation skills and, and identifying, like you said, there is money available. It's just about going to go and find it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know I've talked about before on the show how I worked at, you know, I worked at, in schools and, and took advantage of tuition exemption mm-hmm. programs, you know, because I was an employee of the college. I didn't have to pay for courses. Um, and, and was able to negotiate even within my hiring for them to sort of mm-hmm. come com- for that to be a part of my compensation. So there are options. We might just have to be strategic about how we go about it. But it's, it's definitely, definitely money out there. Um, so you and were I, talking before. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Were you going to oh, say Oh, I just want to say this because you made me think of something. Not even mm-hmm. just negotiating your hiring. Always negotiate every year. Every year you become a better employee. So every mm-hmm. year, I don't know what that raise was supposed to be, that 2 or 3%. Mine was like 5 And I just want to make sure we're still paying for my tuition reimbursement. And yes. I want to make sure we're paying for my doctoral reimbursement. Mm-hmm. So I would negotiate. You know, I'm, you think I'm joking. I would set the meeting. Yeah. <laughs> With I'm them. For real. Because, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I mean, professional, professional development is a part of uh, every mm-hmm. every. Every organization invests in their employees or should, right? And so mm-hmm. there usually are mechanisms to do that. And we and most of the time supervisors and higher ups are not going to 
spearhead that conversation and it's on us to ask the question so you're Mm -hmm. absolutely right about that Mm -hmm. so i think this kind of information these kind of conversations are these are kinds of things that that um go on in your community you talked a little bit about your community Mm -hmm. i remember before you had a website and you were offering folks services like one-on-one services to sort of talk Mm -hmm. them through their loan repayment process but has Mm -hmm. that evolved into into a community tell us more about that so this year, we still are offering the, the one-on-one services. Um, what we're doing this year is very unique as to well as we're onboarding partners um, mm-hmm. through our uh, mentorship program to take over the student loan work. So we'll be more of a leading referral, ser- referral service Excuse me, uh, as of 2023. A lot mm-hmm. of our programming for this year and how we transition to bringing in income is to be more so like a hub of resources, of information, mm-hmm. So our secondary brand, SLD University, is what really carried my team and I through the pandemic. So the digital ebooks, the classes, the courses, the live events. You know, we did an, uh, I, I, you know, I'm really honest. I didn't even know this was going to go so well. But in 2021, we did events called Business on the Yacht. And so, um, business, well, Business on the Boat, excuse me. And we chartered yachts in different cities. And we taught about business credit and business entities. And it was just really beautiful that wow. like every yacht got sold out. So 30, 40 people and wow. people were excited to get out in the air and, and open. You know, they had been in the house for so long and then they left the boat excited. First off, I wanted to expose people to a yacht. I was very intentional about that. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing is I wanted to expose them to wealth conversations on a yacht. So I'm, I know for a fact, because I know who some of those students are, that kept in touch that was like, you know, because of you, I've got XYZ business credit, my credit score. You, you, you when you get on a yacht, you want to think about how you're going to get on the next one. Like, you don't want that to be a one-time experience. And so intentionally, we had different events like that. Last year, we chartered a jet for our students. So some of our students did a jet ride down. And again, I know it sounds like really big and flashy and, and the brand kind of looks that way on first glance. But my, my thing is, and I know this to be true for my own self, you don't know the lifestyle you want until you're exposed to it. Mm-hmm. And I think every woman, particularly every black woman, every working, strong black woman, I, you know, that strong term is so whatever, yes. deserves luxury too. Mm-hmm. And so, I love that. yeah, you need so to be many exposed of us are, to it. Yeah, so many of us are afraid or taught that we sh- you know, somehow enjoying or embracing luxury, mm-hmm. you know, compromises our humility or integrity or our capacity to work hard. But no, I think you're absolutely right. I'm all for, especially in this season, I'm all for black women specifically mm-hmm. embracing luxury because we work hard. So why not, mm-hmm. you know, luxuriate hardly? Yeah, you know, <laughs> and it's, a, it's a beautiful <laughs> like manifestation what you're doing there for sure. by, mm-hmm. by having people picture what it is that they want, whether that be a vacation or like you said, mm-hmm. a lifestyle or what have you. I think it's a it's a beautiful way of incorporating that manifestation into it. Like you can continue to have this if you mm-hmm. listen yes. to me. Yes. <laughs> I mean, what better motivation is that? Like I want to get back on a yacht or I want to get on a yacht myself, right? So this is now I have something to work with. That's dope. That's dope. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's really well we fun. have some questions from um listeners oh, yes. and yes. You know, supporters, a ton of them came in. Yes. We put out the bat signal and told, uh, you know, our our community that we were going to have someone with some expertise around student mm-hmm. loan, student, re- student loan repayment. Um, and we did get a host, a host of questions. So we're just going to fly through some of those. Um, um, some of them we've actually already touched on, but... Um, 
This is this was what's new for me. As someone who works in education, I didn't know that this was a thing. But Shea Butter uh, on Instagram asked, "Can you refinance federal loans for a lower interest rate without switching to private?" I've heard of consolidating, but mm-hmm. I've not heard of refinancing as a, as applied to student loans. So is it more about consolidating? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, you're not okay. able to refinance a federal loan and keep it federal. And my concern, um, because it's especially in the Trump administration, and rightfully so, because um, the name of the game for every administration, you need to figure out what that where that money is going mm-hmm. to once they leave. And um, in the Trump administration, definitely higher education got padded pockets. And so you mm-hmm. saw a big push for refinancing federal loans to mm-hmm. private lenders who those at that table, thereabouts, surrounding DeVos, you know, Betsy DeVos, mm-hmm. had interest in private student loan debt. For sure. So here I go, like, with a little pitchfork, don't don't change them, you know. Mm-hmm. And imagine, guys, this, no, this was really a big deal. Imagine all of those people who changed from federal to private loans a pandemic comes and they and could they not no take protection. advantage of mm. administrative forbearance. It was really bad. Like one girl, it makes you wonder if they knew that something like this was coming and they was trying to, you know, get people out the way. But you know, I guess one will never, never know. know for but sure. all I right. know is I never recommend going from federal, federal to private. Yeah. And I know that the interest rate could be a little higher depending on your credit score. But remember, I'm not trying to be funny. Credit scores change daily and monthly. So you could come in with a private loan unsecured at 2% because you've got good credit. Life happens. Oh, you want to miss a payment. Now yeah. it's at 11%. Yeah. Higher yeah. than your federal loan debt. And those federal federal loans also have government like regulations to sort of keep you mm-hmm. from predatory, predatory lending right. uh, practices and all those things. And so there are... Even like you said, sometimes the interest rate may be a little bit higher in a federal loan situation, but there are other mm-hmm. allowances that come with having those federal protections as opposed to just being out here mm-hmm. with the private companies. We got m- lots and lots and lots and lots of questions about this Navient se- settlement. Mm-hmm. And so we've heard in the news that Navient, um, there was an award. Uh, some folks were are going to get some forgiveness um, from NAMI, but we weren't. I felt mm-hmm. like all of the information was kind of fuzzy and vague. Mm-hmm. You wasn't sure who was going to get what. So a lot of people asking for clarity about that. Do you have any insight in that area? Yeah, been talking a lot about it on my social media. Um, and the thing about it is, is it's a it's a great step step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is, is you know, unless you are a private student loan bar of Navient from 2002 to 2010 you may not see a lot of money from them if you had Navient. And what a lot of people don't realize is, well, unless you had them, Navient sold a lot of their notes. Yes, they sold mine. To AI Vantage and other entities. And Mm. and when this was happening, I remember saying to the team, I was like, something's going on. Remember, they were on the chopping block. It was like Fed Loans and other companies. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what the hell? They they, they (laughs) up there selling loans. I said, we got to keep an eye on this. And I, I said that. And that's because they knew that this settlement was coming. So they offloaded a lot of their federal debt. So some mm-hmm. people are going to receive a $260 restitution payment. You know, that's the closest you're going to get to your acres and your land. Okay. You know, <laughs> your reparations, girl. Your reparations. That's it. There you $260. Go. Bucks. Yeah. I'm like, Thank this you is so the closest you're going to see to it. So 
But those that have the uh, private loan debt from 2002 to 2010, um, as of May, they just need to stay tuned. Make sure your information is updated with Navi and make sure your loan stays in good standing because as of May, they're going to start giving some correspondence as to if that private loan debt can be forgiven. And those forgiveness payouts should start in June of 2022. Nice. Okay. Perfect. Um, So... Uh, I got a question from Little Auburn who wants to know uh, about home ownership. How does student loans impact, mm-hmm. uh, I guess, your capacity to apply for home ownership or to kind of yeah. navigate that process? Great question. Well, some people already own a home, mm-hmm. aka student loan. Here's mm-hmm. the yeah, good news. They're that's good it. News. <laughs> right. I got two houses. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. Only living in one. Well, it's couple acres. Very rich. So, Here's the thing. This is the good news, though. All jokes aside, there is good news as of today. Now, when I talked to you guys before, it was not. So that's the question I'm going to answer differently um, this time around. So as of August 2021, um, it did take for a black woman, darling, to get into office. um, And and, and please forgive me um, her exact role. But basically, she took over federal housing affairs. And I I need to Google it really quickly. Um, but the semantics are of this is that she changed the game and the rules of how student loan debt is considered on paper. Mm-hmm. And so basically, let's say you had an income driven repayment plan. You were in a payment plan for $200, but let's say you owed 80000 Well, it used to be that they would have to use um, 1% of 80000 So 800 is what they would put on paper, right? Mm-hmm. But now they're able to use the $200. So that Mm. frees up your debt to income ratio and allows you to get a home. So this is so good for millennials and African-Americans, particularly and other minorities that have a lot of student loan debt. They're actually on paper being judged by their income driven repayment plan Mm -hmm. payment versus the 1%. Nice. So if you already have a house, you can, Mm -hmm. would, would this count for refinancing a mortgage as well? Yeah, so just depending on their eligibility, if they're still eligible for FHA home loan, this would definitely okay. be a good benefit to them. It's a great time to refinance mortgages, um, so to speak. You know, probably do it sooner than later, depending on when this airs. But um, I think it would be definitely worthwhile to look into. And if again, if you're eligible for FHA, listen, this is the yes. time to get an investment property now. It's a tight yes, market right now. It's a seller's market, not a buyer's mm-hmm. market. So it is a little tight. But um, all things do come to an end in a crash soon. So you may want to have your affairs in order, your credit score in order, your, your down payments so that you can snatch up some homes and properties, um, you know, when the market starts to change and turn around. Mm-hmm. Mm. This is not going to stay like this. Mm-mm. No. Mm. I grabbed um, a few houses right before the pandemic explosion. Like I was in the pandemic grabbing houses cash. Um, mm-hmm. and then now it's so crazy. My houses are both worth a year and a half later, 50,000 more Whoa. than what I bought them for. I'm like, the, well, let's yeah. just sit a little longer. I have a <laughs> girl who's selling her house and she, Whoa. from when she considered it before the pandemic and then didn't end up doing it, she now can make $200,000 more on mm-hmm. her sale than she could when she was first considering it. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow, that is something. Good. That is something to think about. Um, 
Soy Soy Rika on Instagram asked, should we be rushing to pay off student loan debts quickly or handling them slowly over time? I guess I guess with respect yeah. to like long term finance goals, is it should we all be sort of throwing our whole savings at it or, you know, well, just letting it ride? I ain't tell you to throw no savings now. What I do <laughs> recommend people do, because um, depending on what they want to pursue, um, there is a lot of money available and accessible um, in terms of getting started with another business or another stream of income. Here's my philosophy. What I'm teaching my group, you know, I want them to, to have massive investments, properties, live life how they want to live. And when you have student loan debt, it acts like a ball and chain around your ankle. Like, like let's cut the crap. Like, whether you want to pay it off fast or slow, it's going to be there. I think that if you're in a position, these are your hustle years. Like, so if you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, hustle, get it going. It's not cute to go into student loan debt, 50s and 60s. If you're if you're there, then you know, find a hustle spirit too. But the thing is, when black women particularly, these are statistics, y'all, keep their student loan debt into their 50s, it cuts the ability to be able to help your child with their student loan debt problem or potential problem in college education. So don't don't slow pace it because you're just so worried about you. But if one day you're going to have a kid or you want to have a kid or children and you want to, mm-hmm. you don't even want them to know the, the word student loan. Like in my house, when I have children, student loans are going to be a cuss word. It's going to be the, mommy, mm-hmm. did you own a business called the doctor? <laughs> <laughs> I, I swear to goodness, if you say that word, it's going to be a cuss word. Because yeah. I don't even want them to know, you know what I mean, what that word means. So so I think depending on who's listening and their age and their big picture goals for themselves, keeping this debt becomes a burden mm-hmm. to where you're not able to help your, your children. Yeah. If you want to be a, a rich auntie, because I don't know I'm heading that direction, looks like you can't <laughs> help your godchildren. You know what Ooh, I mean? Like even a dog requires, you know, doggy insurance. Yeah. The point is, it takes away from the things you want to pay for. Absolutely. And then give her help. And so, no, I don't recommend you keep it around for forever and ever because interest does compound and accrue yes. as well. Mm-hmm. So, so don't take your time to pay it, mm-hmm. right? But I do. So we, I guess, in a related question, Jasmine Davis one two three on Instagram says, "By the grace of God, I only have sixteen thousand dollars of student loan debt left. Should I use my entire savings to pay it off?" No, baby. No, no, no. No, no. <laughs> no mother. No. You don't use your entire savings for nothing. <laughs> no, no, no. You should always stay liquid. The pandemic taught me one thing. It was good to yes. be liquid. So stay liquid because you never know when you want to pivot or change. But kudos yes, to Jasmine. I don't know what she started with and how much she owed, but kudos yes. for only having 16000 But blessing. I need her to act like that's 16000 on fire. Like, girl, implement some hustles. Whatever mm. you need to do and get rid of that 16000 But yes. I would not be dumping the savings in that direction. No, 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 no. Yeah, you can make a plan, a timeline to pay it off over, make a short-term sort of, you know, deadline mm. for yourself and say, I'm going to have it paid off by 2024. I'm going to be finished with it, but it's not some, It's not worth emptying your savings mm-hmm. account at all. Um, lots of people asking about public service loan forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, just generally speaking, 
uh, I think I think I'll speak. I don't. I'm just sort of deducing. Based, lots of people feel like they've heard about it and they hear that acronym mm-hmm. a lot, and they're not really sure how to qualify, where they're qualified. Does it does it work for? Does it work retroactively? Do I have to be currently employed? Does old, so? Mm-hmm. Are, is there any place where there's some really relatable? Uh, resources, information. How do we learn more mm-hmm. about that without sort of navigating the maze that can be the federal aid website? So, you know, I'll plug my platform. We do a Please. lot of classes on this. Um, we have a, a, what is it called? A Slay Your Loan Debt ebook where mm-hmm. they can take a look at it there. You know, we've literally done Zoom classes that have been recorded and they can watch and just learn about the forgiveness program. The beautiful thing is the the forgiveness (laughs) program has been recently revamped by the Biden administration. Mm -hmm. So people that may have not been considered eligible before, um, it could even have been that, you know, you had consolidated your loans and it took away some of your payments. They're getting those payments back. There's a Mm -hmm. special program that they have to apply to through studentloans.gov. And I'm excited that people are seeing really, really great results. Like they're really getting their um, payments 100% forgiven. They've been in repayment so long for a qualified employer. It just is. Um, it just makes sense through this new update. So I say all that to say, if you're listening and you know that you could have been eligible, you probably should have been, you need to apply right now while that program is in place. It's not going to be around forever. And what's the worst that could happen? They tell you no, or the best thing yeah. is that they tell you some payments have been added to the total mm-hmm. of 120 payments. Or just, would you imagine you just did it on a humbug and you get a letter that says 100% going? Yeah. Like, yeah, because you, you don't know until you try. So this is yeah. a great time to look back into it. Um, yes, I did get a, we did get a question about, you know, if, if folks do reach that promised land of, of, of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Um our folks are asking, are they going to be taxed? The Mm-mm. However, the amount that's f- forgiven, is that going to be considered income? No, as of last year, they changed the rules and laws on that, so it would not be taxed. Okay. Oh, nice. Perfect. Oh, yeah. good. Perfect, mm-hmm. perfect. That's good. And I will say, when my, my, my brother passed, his loans were forgiven, but mm-hmm. my mom, who was in charge of his estate, was responsible to pay taxes on that. So I'm very glad that that mm. is no longer a thing. The, yeah, that was the very forgiveness hard. program is different than... Um, but that particular entity. So I'm sorry that happened. I mean, so it's interesting because if you do have an estate in place and, and property and things of that nature, they, it's always a way to try to figure out how it can be taxed. Mm-hmm. Um, most people, depending on their age and their 20s or 30s, don't own anything. And so um, it's just more so whoever's in charge of the estate needs to be able to send a copy of the death certificate to the lender and then it can be, you know, right clear. But they do try to find out, was there any property? You know, in a, in a mm-hmm. loving way, they try to find out what was remaining. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mr. Um, Mikey. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, sis. Oh, I'm sorry, sis. Is there a way to remove a co-signer from a private student loan? The only way to do that is to be able to refinance the student loan without the co-signer. And that means that person probably has a, a strong credit score, mm-hmm. um, has some good income. Certain programs, certain uh, private loans have a clause that you can release your co-signer after a year or two years of on-time payments. So okay. you just also have to look at your fine print because a lot of people don't know that that's an option too. Okay. Go ahead, awesome. uh, Mr. Mikey DT wants to know, he said, my loans are in school, def- are are on in-school deferment. 
Should mm-hmm. I try to buy a house before they hit my credit? So um, if his loans are in school deferment, he would have to pause school, um, stop taking a federal student loan if he wants to buy a house with federal money. Okay. So if he goes yeah. through the FHA home buying program, he can't mm-hmm. buy a home and be in school at the same time. Okay. It ain't but that much federal money, Mikey. So you got to pick this <laughs> one. about to grab up. But I do recommend... Um, to his point, and particularly for the, anyone listening before they go to grad school, I say grab a property or a home and then resume school um, because you're never going to be told, no, you can't go back to school because you got a home. But you will be told, no, it's going or harder to get a home because you have the student loan debt. Because you're in school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And sometimes being in school can limit your capacity to generate income, which can right. slow up your home mm-hmm. ownership process as well. I got one. Go ahead. Manders, sis. Manders underscore. I hate when y'all have these usernames. Three 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 four three five says, "Why can't one apply for bankruptcy due to student loans?" Oh, they need a better way of understanding that as well uh, as to why they let eighteen-year-olds have these loans instead of a loan for a house, car investment, etc. Well, it's not that you can't apply for bankruptcy. It's just the commonality of if it would get approved. Mm-hmm. So. Private loans are more likely to get uh, excused and, and removed during a bankruptcy. And the cool thing is there has been some cases, not highly publicized, that student loans have been wiped clear through bankruptcy. And there is a push, particularly through Elizabeth Warren, and I don't think it passed through Congress or anything of that nature yet, but they're actually talking as of last year to be able to allow student loan debt to go through the bankruptcy process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. So just hold tight, sis. It might be coming sooner later. <laughs> you hear that, Manders three three Manders 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 Manders. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure. Can you get tax credit for paying down the entrance and principal balance? Not so much the principal, but yes, on the interest you can. They do actually what student loan interest have you paid? Okay. Mm-hmm. These are some sadly questions, child. These, these lots, out, these I mean, the they, people they have been ready for you. They, they might have come said. <laughs> what sources can we trust when applying for loan forgiveness programs? Unfortunately, there are lots of spamming. Mm-hmm. There's lots of companies out here. So they're good. Um, what are some of the things that we should look for when we're looking for uh, loan forgiveness We just literally had options? this conversation before I called you. Well, if I got on this call with you guys. None. So if somebody is calling you, <laughs> come on, y'all. If they calling you, texting mm-hmm. you, emailing you, and this is why our company does not do cold calls, and we've been Fishing. really successful. Because cold calls indicate they got your information From through a, a, a preview of your consumer report. Yep. So if somebody's calling you like, Jay, if you just pay us $1,000, we'll get forgiven 100000 you like, yeah. that's it? Mm-mm. That's a red flag. Yeah. Do you know how many people pay $1,000 and then the company changes their name and LLC about every year once everybody catches on and then they do it again and then they do it again. So there is no shortcut to loan forgiveness success except for to apply for the program mm-hmm. through studentloans.gov. 
Yes. Own apply. And you know, so we teach and we help people apply, but we're not mm-hmm. sending you to an extra website, no extreme mm-hmm. promises, you know. And there's and, and the cool thing about the, the, the setup now is when you're on that website, studentloans.gov, and you're filling out the information, it already has your loans queued in, it tell you right then here, you're eligible. You're not eligible because. So you know, but yeah. there's yeah. no overnight, you know, forgiveness, so to speak. Hmm. Awesome. Well, it has been, I think we have, we have made it through. I tried to categorize the questions as there was, of course, lots of redundancy, but I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that we've covered everything here around public student, public service, loan forgiveness, non-vient, um, tax credits, taxes, all bankruptcy. We've covered all of, all of the bases. Are there any sort of final thoughts we want people to sort of walk away from this conversation conversation with of course we're going to link your community and all of your resources in the description box but any sort of last words i really appreciate the conversation and i really appreciate the thoughtful questions um i was taking a look at your community responses earlier and i think that um if we can keep this same energy and focus once student loans restart i think we're going to be in a good space and Mm -hmm. i I don't know like I, i i really want to do a march on and a war against student loan debt and i want to just say to people no one's coming to save you. You know, we elected recently the Biden administration because they rode on the campaign 50,000, 10,000 mm-hmm. forgiven. Mm-hmm. And I don't see it coming no time soon. Mm-hmm. And to be quite honest with you, if it does come, it's going to come near midterm elections to get reelected. And now you're mm-hmm. playing with my vote, sir. So I'm mm-hmm. really not pleased with the current administration as to how they're handling and skipping over in press conferences student loan related questions. So what does that tell me? You got to save yourself. So mm-hmm. me on my little, you know, horn and, and little platform, talking about some, you know, get some more money, give it. I'm, I'm saying it to you because there, again, there's no one coming to save you. And so if you're like, I, I'm just going to wait to see, you're going to be waiting. Because mm. the, the, the bucket of responsibility has shifted from the president to Congress and now no one's talking. And yeah. so, um, I'm very interested in holding these candidates responsible. responsible. And I'm also mm-hmm. very interested in while we hold them responsible, what can you do for yourself? Everyone listening to your podcast, I am sure of it just by the, the tone of the questions. Um, they are talented and they are smart. And mm-hmm. and if you just could move from a place of and shift your mind from just thinking and being told what to do every day at work and shift into your own skills and ingenuity, you could be your own answer to your student loan debt. So I just want somebody to be encouraged and start thinking about maybe this is the year they start thinking about what am I good at and what could I do in my six to 10 or my weekend or my spare time Mm -hmm. to bring in some more income. Yeah, it's all about cultivating some skills and utilizing the tools and resources that we already have to, mm-hmm. to maximize and diversify the way that we bring money in so that we don't have mm-hmm. to rely on other people to save us, but we can save ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Thank you so much you so for much. coming back and kicking it with us. Our community, uh, it was really excited <laughs> that you came on um, yeah. and blew up, you know, just a few hours before we started recording, just blew up my little Instagram and on Twitter and uh, we really value all that you bring to to the table and all the information that you share. And we thank you for sharing all of your insight with us. 
Yeah, I'm so excited. It's so good to see you guys. Like, yes, I just no, right? to see you. Like, I, I know. You. So it's the- How long are you going to be in Miami? Like, what's next for you? What's going on? Oh, yeah, child, I moved. So, um, oh, <laughs> y'all last talked I was in Philadelphia. Yes. there. And um, <laughs> my audacious self, you know, yes. um, decided to skip winter. It really was a joke. I was, I was like, I'm going to do some Airbnbs. And now mm-hmm. I'm like, nah, I ain't never trying to leave. And so I, I just started apartment shopping. It was, again, all a joke. And um, I, my apartment is nicer and a little less expensive than the bougie Airbnbs. It's nicer and less. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting. And then I was like, you know what? I want a Lamborghini. You know what? I wanna, I wanna do yacht, you know, yachts on a Sunday. And it's so funny. It all was really a joke. I'm not trying to be funny. It ain't a joke no more. You know, I enjoy oh, driving right. my Lamborghini and cars <laughs> and burning people and doing past <laughs> them. Um, and the thing about um, Miami for me, and you have to, everyone has to find their happy place. I know this is a big year for my company. My, mm-hmm. my, you know, I'm invested in more people paying really high salaries. I have to be in the most clear and most productive space I could think of. And for me, that's Miami, if that makes sense. So, um, and I think also it, it tells people from your hometown that really know you and know you well, like she was able to get out. She was able to move. It inspires other people to do the same. Not own property in Philadelphia. So of course I go back and forth. My family's there. Um, but I am just, I am very excited and grateful that it is 80 degrees in other places. It's 20. So it's really hard to have a bad day with good weather. And everybody out here is just so like, um, what's the word? Everybody's just so focused on their own stuff. I don't know how to explain it. It's Mm -hmm. not a lot of drama. Traffic is whatever. But now that you've been here for a while, you don't even hear the horns anymore. Whatever, I don't know if that's good or not. I'm in Brooklyn, so I that you yes. don't have nothing on what we got going yes. on. Yeah. Yeah, and respectfully, nobody beeps at me and my Lamborghini. You should see. I, I, I missed the light on purpose to see. I've got time. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so if you ladies are ever coming down, please do. We're doing oh, a lot sure. of live events and, you know, keep me posted. Um, it's just a really good community. And I'm finding that a lot of my friends and people in my business community are moving down here too or, or getting a place down here because it's an energy. Mm-hmm. I can't explain it. That's hard to duplicate elsewhere. I feel like at one point it was Atlanta and now I feel like the shift is Miami and I just was a, ahead of the curve, if that makes sense. So well, get your life. Well, I'm excited. Oh, right. <laughs> I love it. You can see yeah. my arms are off. So yeah, I'm like, yeah, it's nice. Yes. Yeah. You see, I'm in a sweatshirt. Well, thank, thank you so me. much, Sonia. Don't <laughs> wait, sunshine. Just drop that. <laughs> She's like, here's a little flex for you all, real exactly. quick. Exactly. Because <laughs> it is a full 13 degrees in the nation's capital, Baby. but that's fine. Um, <laughs> but yes, we are. We are. Like I said, we're very grateful for you coming and kicking with us. Absolutely. It's been so long. It's full circle moment for us, as you were one of our first guests. So to have you back yes. and to see your growth and to see um I'm so proud of you sorry. guys too. I always yeah, follow so proud. you too. Proud of you guys. Yes, well, listen, you you the one driving the Lamborghini sister. We're trying to I'm get I'm proud like of you. me too. Praise yes, God. Yes, I, I know that's know. right. <laughs> Let me now pick you up from the airport. I'll put it on Corsa and just make it sound really loud like a boy's driving okay. it. It's the funniest thing ever. <laughs> yes. I right. oh, I do it to scare little old right. people too. Pray, keep me in prayer. It's like, I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> Those of you who know the words of prayer, pray my strength. But yes, 
Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. And yes. uh, we'll see you around, girl. Hopefully when the world open back up, we get together. Yes, we, we will. We coming right. down to the Miami. Pull up in the Lamborghinis. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good. We're going to move on to this uh, honesty box. And yeah, make man. sure you all Let's check out it. all of Sonia's information in the description box. This episode of Getting Grown is brought to you by the McDonald's two for six dollars deal. You know that feeling when you find something that is so good, you just have to share it. It's like, here, girl, try this. That's good, right? It's how it's how you show love. It's how you share love. It's how you share good things with the people that you love. Like when I order a hot fillet of fish and get a 10 piece chicken nugget, it's my chance to share those things with the people that I love, right? Those things that I love with the people that I love. So stop by McDonald's today and enjoy two of your faves, like the Big Mac, quarter pounder with cheese, filet of fish, or 10 piece chicken McNuggets for only $6. You need to mix and match those two things. Price and participation may vary. Single items at regular price, limited time offer. Honestly, truly. All right, it's time for the honesty box. And I thought we would incorporate some new things with the honesty box. You know, sometimes you all have musings that you need to get off your spirit. Uh, that may not be a traditional question. Or you may have responses because you've got information about something we've discussed on the show. For but sure. I think we should open it up a smidge. Also, continue to send your honesty box questions yes. to getting grown podcast at gmail.com. But we have a listener this week who actually works for the FedEx okay, and ha- sent a response to our petty pee from last week about the delivery drivers being raggedy. Mm. And since she has disclosed that she works for the FedEx, I still say we give her a pseudonym. Okay, let's call her... Um, I'm trying to think of someone like a delivery person pseudonym to, to give her, but... Who used Tupac's to deliver the mail? Um, Poetic Justice again. Who was oh. a mail carrier on one of them? Um... What was Rock? Oh, Rock was a trash man. Rock was a um, trash man. Um, okay, well, this is taking man? too long. Uh, somebody was a mailman, <laughs> though. Who was a mailman? I feel like I there was know. like a mail lady, too. No? I'm sure oh. there was. Maybe not. Um, let me think. Mm. Uh, we can call her Aunt Rachel. Okay. <laughs> For family matters. Yes, because Harriet Harriet was an elevator operator. She was an elevator operator and in 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 um in a department was store. A cop. Carl was a yes, cop. Yes, yes. Wait, before we get into this, I just have a do you notice how sometime in the nineties, um our black television shows were trying to push, and I know this was the network, trying to push this black man male Republican or Republican family narrative because um, uncle, uncle, uh, sorry, Carl was a cop. We, I don't know if we knew what his political affiliation was, but we know by that. Yeah. They didn't um, have any politics. Uncle Phil was a Republican a and judge. was running. He was yes. a Republican judge. Mm-hmm. And then when Ray ran for Senator or whatever, uh, and sister, sister, he also was a Republican and I just realized that in, you know, watching it with Noah. But I was like, what was this narrative they was trying to push with all I remember these? I mean, very, I know what it is. I remember in a different world, uh, Colonel Taylor was a Republican. Uh, they also, 
I totally forgot about and so, him. And yes, so was Ron too. And so was Ron Johnson. So uh, shiftless behind. Ron but Johnson yes. was. <laughs> so I don't know. That's him. a good point. I never, I never thought about it. I never thought about it like that. Um, but that's something that I feel like I'll pay attention to in the future because I, I never. Yeah, I found that very interesting. Hmm. 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 Look at you all, always trying to put your little messages into stuff. Anyway, so Aunt Rachel writes in and she says, Hi, Jade and Kia. I love the show and I wanted to answer a few of your questions regarding your petty peeve on delivery drivers. Perfect. So I work for FedEx. I'm not a driver and we're tired of the drivers just as much as everyone else. Great. Drivers who deliver to apartment buildings or complexes will sometimes code all of those packages as delivered before they take them out of the truck and then forget a few. I believe that's what happened to Jay's Chewy Box. Also, some drivers are able to take home their trucks, but if they have any packages left from the day, they're supposed to return them to the warehouse at the end of their shift so that it can be processed and sent out the next day. As you can imagine, this causes a lot of confusion for us because we will get the phone calls from people looking for packages that we can't locate Mm. because the driver took it home and we now have to call customers whose packages arrive back at the warehouse but was coded as delivered so that we can figure out if we need to send it back to the shipper or process it so it can be sent back out for delivery. I hope this answers some of your questions. Yes, it did, Aunt Rachel. And it also confirmed that that what I said about some of these niggas being lazy and shiftless. Oh, man. Hmm. I don't know that I feel better. I don't know that I feel better. I don't. But I do appreciate this information. Yeah, it it Um, makes us less confused. It it does sort of help us to understand, uh, you know, what is happening while you know the rage though <laughs> the rage is still very the rage much is there. still there uh but and my you, rage still lives on for that shiftless nigga in your oh, uh, community from last week oh yes who made me sort of go out on this adventure into the night uh to find my yeah. package that he took somewhere yeah. else yes that one i hope he wakes up to a dick on his shoulder <laughs> like i'm really irritated by that <laughs> You got to listen just... to the pre-show to understand that. <laughs> um, oh, wow. Oh, boy. Uh, but yes, oh. thank you, Aunt Rachel. Um, yes. And we're going to keep you at, you guys at corporate and the customer service. And we're going to keep y'all in prayer, too, because it's good to know that we are all frustrated. Absolutely. Um, and just hopeful that, that, you know, things will continue to get better. Yes, but in the meantime and in between time, again, send your honesty box questions to gettinggrownpodcast at gmail.com. And we shall move along to our self-care. Let's do it. I deserve It's time to talk self-care. Go ahead, sister. This is very brief, but I, I, my black woman self-care is not only me just telling you about what I've done, but it is also uh my little uh uh public service announcement it's another thing that i think that is uh, of something that's very common in our community as african-americans but it's not often talked about and so Mm. as you are um getting your eye exams we talk a lot i've talked a lot on the show about how my you know i got refurbished eyes we thank god Mm -hmm. that they are working as well as they are working but the truth of the matter is i'm very nearsighted i have some some issues and among those issues is you know uh i am genetically predisposed for glaucoma um i learned that 
recently, within the last few years. I knew that it was in my family line. My mom and my grandmother have glaucoma. Um, but the thing about glaucoma is early detection really makes a world of difference. And so there are okay. certain indicators and things that we ought to be looking for. I found, I found this article on 2190 um, uh, earlier today um, that was uh, that's highlighting um, how important that was talking, talking about glaucoma amongst African-American second to um, second to cataracts. Glaucoma is the leading cause of blindness among black people. And mm. oftentimes we lose vision because we've had glaucoma for a long time. And, you know, it, it went untreated for so long when we found out it's usually because like, Vision loss is a symptom of it, but it is a preventable symptom if we can sort of get out in front of it. And so as mm -hmm. you're going for you, I went for my eye exam. Um, one of the tests that were is run often when you get your eye exam is to test the pressure in your eyes. Mm -hmm. um, and if you're and if your pressure tends to run higher or on the on the upper limits of normal, as my doctor mm -hmm. says, then, uh, you know, you should go in, uh, see a specialist and just get, get screened. Um, and so for the last couple of years, my eye pressure has been sort of hanging out on the upper limits of normal and given my family history, uh, my doctors have decided that it's best for me to go in every six months to have my pressure sort of assessed um, and just sort of taking that proactive mm -hmm. preventative stance is what's mm -hmm. going to ensure that even if I do develop glaucoma, I won't lose my vision because we'll be able to get on top of it and treat it so that vision loss is wholly prevented or even kept to um, or even at, at kept to a, a, a minimum. So I want to sort of yes. encourage you if you, as you get your, um, eye exams, uh, ask them to check your eye pressures if they are not, um, and, and to be, be, be intentional about inquiring within your family. If there's anyone in your family on either side that has dealt with glaucoma before, there are certain indicators that you could be looking for. And so to just get uh, with your doctors and sort of ask the right questions so that mm -hmm. you can sort of, you know, hold on to as much of your vision for as long as possible. Mm -hmm. No preventative measures are all like, not always, they're not guaranteed, but they do make a world of difference mm -hmm. which is why we have to take our asses to our specialists and our doctors go to the doctor so man much. go to the doctor yeah make sure things is running the way that they're Please. supposed to be and then also preventative on a daily basis with, yes you know what we how we nourish our bodies what we put in it for and so forth that's sure. i'm glad I'm, I'm glad to hear that i'm glad you're getting ahead of it so that you know you can try to mitigate as much of that as possible mm-hmm Working on my self-care is not nearly as responsible <laughs> nor um uh uh in depth i'm um, sorry i gave myself a pedicure and oh, nice. in these very cold months uh i have completely forgotten about my feet hmm. and i just you know just had a, on a whim was like i am gonna soak these feet and i'm gonna scrub them down and i'm gonna clip it. my cuticles and I'm just going to take the time to do that. And I haven't taken a whole lot of time to do much for myself, especially lately. So I'm really, really glad that I did that. <laughs> that was my self-care this week. Mm. Now I'm going to put them baby feet on my feet. Because now since it's like real cold and we wearing socks all the time, I'm like, I'm going to put them baby feet on. So when they do that crazy peeling, it'll just be happening over this time. 
Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. And I'm that's it for that. the self-care. Let's get negative again and move on to these petty peeves. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to be very responsible of the things I say to my sister. Because everybody know I can be real petty. P-E to the T-T-Y, honey. My petty peeve this week actually has nothing to do with me or my life. But oh. I saw it when I was looking for trash. And I said, this is definitely my petty peeve. Okay. So there is a rapper... I'm sure you've not heard of him by the name of Lil Dirk. Um, <laughs> I feel like I've heard that name before, but I don't know any. I, I, and uh, that's yeah, fine. You're probably right. Yeah, that's absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. Lil Dirk uh, proceeded to post a picture or video of his um, salon, his closet, or his, his closet. Salon. <laughs> He posted a picture of his closet and he has a stockpile of draws. Okay. And like, I mean, when I tell you it's an ungodly amount of draws (laughs) because he said he does not wear a pair of boxers more than once. Waste. That was the the first thing that came to me was not only is this just so unbelievably wasteful, it is so bad for the environment you're just throwing out, and I know you don't dispose of things properly or any of that. And because you don't know how to wipe properly, <laughs> you throw out oh, a pair of drawers every day of your black ass life. Nothing good will come to you. It's just so <laughs> interesting what people think is a flex these days, right? It's so like, the things that people post out of some like. Ooh, look what I got. Look what I do. Look how I'm better than you. It's usually the dumbest things. The stupidest shit. And it's usually shit I don't care about. And I try to be nice to people and pretend that I give, not even pretend that I give a fuck. Just not like shoot them all the way down. I'm like, I'm so happy you're happy about that. I don't give a fuck. (laughs) But I do give a fuck about you changing your draws once a goddamn day I mean, or or throwing them out after you wear them once a day because you just think you too good to, to wash them and put them on again and i'm not even gonna do that whole because you know people love to do that white man comparison shit well this is why bill gates this is why the white man is rich because he drives a prius and a blah 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 i'm not saying niggas don't deserve to get what they want but don't be wasteful and stupid and that's wasteful and stupid, and it's so bad for the environment. And I hope Mother Earth just gathers up her hand and slaps the whole fucking shit out of you right into the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> oh, that's my petty peeve this week. <laughs> I'm just irritated today. It's such a Monday. I'm like, mm, and I'm trying to be nice all day. And I don't know how it's coming across, but I'm feeling real stank. <laughs> that was me all day long. I told you that my day started like, you know, literally, you know, you, you sit down. I, I, I get, I get up for work, trying to get myself mentally prepared to sort of start the day. And, mm-hmm. you know, I just feel like right out of the gate, I was slammed. Like, and yeah. I know that there are, 
I know that there are sort of pressing needs that happen in the workplace and people need answers and Mm -hmm. they want to know. And I I totally get that. And it's my responsibility to supply information or to sort of, you know, make I'm able and willing and, and I can totally do that. But it's like the back to back to back to back to back to back emails from one person that really wants, that really makes me want to physically harm Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. anybody really. But it's just like, you sit down in your inbox. Is this the type of person who thinks that everything that comes up for them is important or like, are they selfish in that way? Are they aloof? Are they just like one of those harassing us? I think that this person is the person who is sort of moving through. So the way things are set up, like, you know, on our team, there are certain people that are responsible for certain things, right? And so Mm -hmm. this person is just collecting information. The emails, as opposed to just sort of getting it all in one email or, you know, Mm -hmm. saying in an email, I got a couple of things I want to ask you. Can we jump on a call? Mm -hmm. Um. It's just like the little separate sort of one line, like, what about this? Okay. What about that? And then, so, and I, and I don't know. I just don't, I don't prefer emails that read like text threads. um, No, because I don't prefer text threads that read like text threads. Spit it out. (laughs) I just wish that. You know, it's just, it's just not, it's just, it's not the way that I prefer to start my day, opening my inbox yeah. and seeing nine emails from one person before 8.30 in the morning. It's just like, is this what we're doing? And I feel like that's yeah. what happened to me today. And I just couldn't get right. I couldn't seem to get a rhythm because, um, I, I think it's probably something that I need to work on for myself though, because I have to stop sort of internalizing other people's panic. Mm-hmm. And that's the real. Mm-hmm. Like I have to stop. That's what I do. And I and I was panic. good for sending an email in corporate and being like, I I have I'm dealing with this right now. I will get this to you when I you know, I'll get to this at this time. Like you're not gonna harass me to death. You're not gonna show up to my desk every fucking thirty fucking minutes. You're not gonna send me a million fucking emails it's the same thing when i work with brands don't send me 95 edits that you want for something you're going to truncate everything and put it in one email i want to know all of your feedback at once because you get one edit you get one re-edit that is it i can't stand i understand that that when we get close to sort of finalizing things and sort of like those details i think that there are certain situations where i'm okay with back and forths but um, I like to areas, start, yes. you know, when I think about, you know, especially on a Monday, right? I got a plan. I don't try to make my list sitting down and I'm planning and I'm thinking this is how I'm going to move through my day. These are the things I'm going to work on. And then sort of opening my inbox to this flurry of panic questions from all of these yes. different people. It's hard for me to get back to my plan, right? I feel like my mm-hmm. plan is out the window. And so I struggle to sort of get back on task so i think my petty peeve is is that but i really feel like i i um need to just i'm 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 learning that i probably need to find ways to better manage it because i should it shouldn't throw me the way that it does but today i've been thrown okay maybe what you do is maybe you set time so like what's that what's that method y'all be talking about the mc hammer method or whatever the fuck where you're like oh work for 25 minutes and then take a break um 
There you go. <laughs> How did you get to MC Hammer? <laughs> I don't know. The Pomeranian method. So Pomodoro. I think you, I'm, and I said I was going to do that tomorrow, too. I did say. Like, but where you, but in the sense where you reframe it and you say, okay, I'm going to take this amount of time to answer emails that come in that might be things that just come up. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to go back to to what to my plan for this amount of time. And then I will allot this much time again at this time to respond to the rest of these. E- like maybe you do it in that way That's where you true. organize it. You know what I'm saying? So that it doesn't throw off how, what you set for yourself and how you set your day. For sure. And it's like, okay, I'll get to these people. This this is my allotted time for that. And guess what? They're not going to blow up if you don't respond to them in an hour and a half. Yeah. So, you know, just to help. That a little unsolicited advice. Sorry about that. No, it's oh. good advice. You know what I'm saying? Maybe you do it in that way. That's kind of what I, I started like when I would, because I got overwhelmed with, because I don't have help. So I got overwhelmed with, okay, I got to respond to these brands. I got to get ready for school. I got to do this. I got to go. I got homework. I got to write this, blah, blah, blah. I got to Noah. And I said, okay, I'm going to take this much time and I'm going to respond to these business inquiries or whatever has to be done with this. And Whatever I don't get to in that time will be allotted for that next allotment of time. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I've been trying to keep my head afloat while I, you know, compartmentalize everything. <laughs> for everything all at once. Period. Well, thank you. That's great advice, but actually. Thank you, listeners, for tuning into another episode of Getting Grown. Thank you to the student loan doctor for coming yes. through. She's very knowledgeable. Uh, with everything as it pertains to student loan law and you know all of that good Policy, stuff that comes programs. in all of the articles that we read and don't yes, quite understand indeed. what's going on we appreciate you clarifying that um and some of those things so thank you for coming back to the kitchen table for sure and thank you all for tuning in as always sister take them out you want to make sure that you are minding the business that is yours and yours alone that's how you keep your mind moisturized you stay in your Mm. business and out of everyone else's you want to moisturize your insides by drinking plenty Mm. of water all day long make sure you're hydrating hydration is so important it's key it's critical it's absolutely necessary you got to make sure that you're doing that and doing that every day all day long because it's what keeps your body your body is literally moisturized from the inside out and you want to supplement that moisture with Mm. lotion combating Mm. ash especially in these winter seasons we are vigorously combating the ash that is out to get us all really important because everything looks old when it's ashy you're black will crack (laughs) If it's dry, that including you and your blackness, that will you'll look old and just unkempt. Moisturize your skin, like uh, Kellyanne Conway. Mm. I mean, just Have deal with day. it. <laughs> I'm grateful, <laughs> Kellyanne. Mm. I mean, she just looked like she looked. Remember like when Noah saw her as a baby, and Crystal said, "What does she look like?" And she said, "Sad and useless." <laughs> Have you ever wondered what the stars have to say about your favorite artists and writers? Listen to Stars and Stars with Issa, where I, your host and astrologer, Issa Nakazawa, read and interpret astrological birth charts of luminaries like W. Kamau Bell, Gia Tolentino, and so many more. 
you'll discover how astrology can unlock fascinating insights about these stars. And who knows, maybe you'll learn a little bit more about yourself. Listen to Stars and Stars with Isa wherever you get your podcasts.